I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight. Welcome to Fifth and Mission. I'm talking today to Phil Ginsberg, director of San Francisco's Recreation and Parks Department. He's under a lot of pressure from some San Franciscans to close roads in Golden Gate Park to cars to allow for more space for people to exercise during the city's coronavirus pandemic. But so far, the city isn't budging. We'll also get an update on whether summer camps and Camp Mather are happening this summer. Phil Ginsberg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Heather. It's nice to be here. Here, metaphorically, but... <laughs> sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Wish sort it was in person. Um, so San Francisco's parks seem more essential than ever during our strange new shelter-in-place era. And I was just wondering if you can talk about how you balance people's need to get exercise and fresh air versus the need to maintain social distancing, and if you think people are doing an okay job so far, or whether the parks are getting a little too crowded. Sure. Um, it's obviously been a really, really poignant moment for parks, not just in San Francisco, but but nationally. Um, parks are really our uh, primary refuge in which we're allowed to sort of get out, and uh, it's an exception to our, our shelter orders, and we're being encouraged to spend some time outside connecting with nature, exercising, and you know, look, that's that's more more vital and more important than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, we have to do it safe. So it's um, a very nuanced message. Getting outdoors is good, but, you know, gathering is not. And look, overall, I think San Franciscans are doing an amazing job. Um, by and large, most people are, are complying, not everyone. But um, if I was out in Golden Gate Park this weekend and people were respectful of each other and just you could tell how important it it just really is to spend some time outside and and in nature right now. Right. Speaking of Golden Gate Park, I'm sure you've been seeing a lot of messages on social media and other places regarding JFK Drive. Um, People have been clamoring for that to be shut to cars um, all seven days, not just Sundays for years now, but it seems to have really taken um, people's interest even more under shelter in place. Um, And are you considering that at all? Is it, are you ruling it out? Where do we stand on JFK drive? Well, people's interest is, is certainly understandable. Um, I think we, there's, there's two issues here. There's the city's response, COVID-19 response, response to this crisis. And then uh, there's the policy initiative around reducing vehicular traffic in the park during more normal times. Um, Mm -hmm. Look, during, during this crisis, parks play an important role, but a supporting role. And, Policy guidance comes from our mayor and our public health officials, and and you know every decision being made right now is based on you know our you know the experts' view about what's going to keep us most safe. And I know that there's a robust debate about whether um, more space would increase the opportunity to engage in social distancing and be outside. And you know the the you know other side from a from our health uh, policy experts' perspective is. Um, uh, concern about the over-exuberance of being outside and creating a destination for people to be outside. So, you know, our job certainly during the crisis is to follow um, the guidance of our experts and, you know, look, I mean, San Francisco has made some some bold decisions and some hard decisions um, and, you know, uh, hopefully those are going to continue to, to, you know, result in us managing this crisis effectively. Um, longer term, I strongly support reducing vehicular traffic in the park. Um, you know, we have spent a lot of time talking to MTA and the bike coalition and, you know, um, we've, we've talked through what our goals are and, you know, first and foremost, their safety for all users, the park should always feel safe to walk, 
to bike, to roll for all ages and abilities. And, and it should definitely be a place where family, where people can ride and where families uh, can teach children to ride. It's where my mm-hmm. own kids learned how to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we also want to really prioritize the park experience. Um, as many people, uh, you know, talk, as many people say on Twitter, and I think as you've said, you know, the park is for people. It's not for cars. Um, there's no question about that. Um, but we also have to work to make sure that we're improving access for all users to and within the park. Um, and that we need to work on partnerships that enhance access to the park from all parts of San Francisco. Um, you know, this is Golden Gate Park's 150th year. And, you know, the theme of the celebration is, is that Golden Gate Park is everyone's park, mm-hmm. um, not just for folks in the sunset or the Richmond, but for people in the Bayview and the Tenderloin. And we have to make sure that, that um, everyone has access to the park, regardless of uh, mode of transportation and ability to get to the park. Um, you know, and then, you know, we, we have to continue to support the, the historic landscape within the park. And yeah, we do have to support our park institutions. I mean, uh, these institutions, the De Young, the Academy, um, uh, uh, the park is great because they're in the park and they're great because they're in the park. And it's a, you know, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a relationship. And so we have to obviously continue to try to work with with the institutions. And then obviously the park is a place where we've had, you know, special events, big, small, public, private, and we have to maintain access to the park that way too. So, you know, it's a little bit of a complicated formula, but there's no question, um, you know, we've, we've got too many cars in the park under normal, you know, during normal times. And, you know, we need to take some steps, whether it's looking at the circulation within the park, looking at parking, creating more car-free space, they're all strategies, right? The outcome um, should be a, a, a safe park and a joyous park experience. Um, and the rest are all about different tactics to get there. Mm-hmm. So um, just to back up a bit, so you've been told by the head of public health that you should not open up JFK any more days than it already is. Um, our public health officials do not want to create um, additional places for people to congregate and create more car-free um, space right now. Um, and again, we play a supporting role and we are not health policy experts and there are trade-offs and that they're evaluating. And look, again, um, you know, because of the types of decisions that have been made thus far, um, you know, we're, we're starting to see some, some, you know, positive results from those decisions. Mm-hmm. And Couldn't now's it be not argued- the time to, to second guess them. Right. Couldn't it be argued that by, only doing it on Sundays, you're inviting gathering that day, whereas opening it up all seven days would actually not congregate people as much. You could, but yeah, certainly not going to happen. Certainly <laughs> an argument. I, I mean, I get it. Yeah, you know, Saturdays, uh, Saturdays and Sundays have been, you know, Sundays have been car free, and it's been sort of, you know, it's sort of embedded in our charter. And mm-hmm. Saturdays, I don't know if even you know this, was something that was. Um, uh, negotiated um, when our governor was mayor and I was working as his chief of staff and I was the one who actually um, helped to mediate the dispute between, you know, different stakeholders and different factions about car-free space. And, and the issue was just as polarized, polarizing then as maybe it is, as maybe it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a creature of ordinance that, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that our public health officials have have said that, you know, so far that those can continue, but they can only continue if we continue to engage in social distancing. I mean, you have seen us have to close playgrounds and close some basketball courts and adult fitness courts Mm -hmm. and certain spaces where 
um, our public health officials have have felt that there's you know more risk than benefit, and you know that's the sum total of their their analysis, right? It's yeah, all, you know they're, they're trying to prioritize health, and you know I'm I'm a I'm a parts guy. I love more more car free space the better, but this is a public health crisis, and we need to you know follow the follow the lead of our public health officials, not just on this, but on on all of the guidance that we're getting under the health order. What did you think of Mayor Libby Schaffover in Oakland's decision, um, which was quite the contrary to close 74 miles of roads there to through traffic? I thought it was bold and 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 terrific. It's a little you know too soon to see how it's working or it works, but I think that's a great approach where it's not just one street. I mean, look, this is to, you know what you're kind of preaching to the choir here. I totally understand the issue. <laughs> yeah. And we want, you know, people want to be outside. I'm outside. My kids are outside. And, you know, right now is an opportunity to to try to create more space. Mm-hmm. But what the city has been doing is also working. And I think we need to respect that. And, you know, the decision has been to stay the course. And, you know, look, this is a, a, a moment of time. And we are one city in in a in a crisis. Um, uh, you know, and we need to actually trust the policy guidance we're getting from, from our public health officials right now and, and stay the course. I'll be right back with Phil Ginsburg after this. I'm Heather Knight, and I'm back with Phil Ginsburg, director of San Francisco's Recreation and Parks Department. What is the shutdown doing to your budget? Many places in um, the department that bring in revenue, such as Conservatory of Flowers, Japanese Tea Garden, Coit Tower, the Carousel, are closed. So what is that doing to your bottom line and how will you recover? It's decimating it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a real concern. I mean, not just for, for us, but, um, you know, for parks departments across the country and, frankly, for other city departments. Um, you know, I think you saw the one point one the 1.7 billion dollar um, deficit projections coming out of city hall those are profound uh, and about a third of our our own budget is um, basically money you know we earn from concessions and permits and program fees and parking garages um, and obviously uh, we haven't had any of those um, you know since early March and you know, I think the you know it's going to be a long and slow process before we return to normal, and it is going to have some profound some profound impacts on our budget. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my favorite topic: summer camps. <laughs> Are they going to happen? Yeah, or... <laughs> I, I've heard. I've heard you're uh, you're interested in that topic, Heather. I love the camps. Um, I hate the yeah, signups. <laughs> um, yeah. I was wondering: Are they going to happen this summer? Uh, we don't know yet. I mean, honestly, like we're still waiting for for guidance. I know there's a lot of questions about both camps and Mather. And um, obviously right now we're fully focused on operating our emergency child care um, program at over you know, 30 sites around the city and our rec facilities and our staff are, um, you know, turned on a dime and have, you know, are engaging in that program. And again, you know, we need to sort of figure out um, you know, where we are in the next month or two. And, you know, I, I, I highly doubt there's just going to be an on switch where we just kind of, you know, everything turns back to normal. So based on health guidance that we get um, and the timing of when we get it, um, obviously we certainly recognize that just like childcare camps are super important to families during the summer and we're all kind of going a little stir crazy here. So 
to the extent that, you know, we can offer a program, um, you know, for our kids, uh, you know, that's what we do. So, you know, we're thinking through a variety of contingencies, but until we get, you know, a little bit more clarity about the, the when and the how, um, you know, we're sort of in a wait and see mode. Are you preparing to staff them up though? Like, would you be able to, if you got the go ahead from the mayor and public health chief that they were okay to do, or will it be limited because you've had less planning time? Oh, I, I think it's going to have to be, a, 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 you know, somewhat limited. Um, you know, right now, all of the city's hiring is, um, you know, really uh, all of the city's human resources function is focused on, on on fighting the disaster and activating disaster service workers and, you know, sourcing existing staff for various functions that are outside their sort of normal scope. So there really hasn't been, you know, any, you know, with the exception of nurses, um, and other first responders, there really hasn't been any any hiring in the last few months. And so there's going to be, you know, quite a long ja- log jam there, add some, you know, budget challenges into the mix. And, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if whatever we were able to do was, was you know, a little bit more scaled back than we would do in a normal summer. But I think, again, it's it's all going to depend on, on the guidance that we get in the next month or two. And for families um, who already got into, so is it Mather or Mather? I know that's a very controversial question. Um, <laughs> I'd rather be at Mather. Mather, um, okay. But people are free to call it. <laughs> people are free to call it what they wish. As so, it turns out, yeah. the camp is named after uh, Stephen Mather. Okay. Um, so that's yeah. But um, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Right. So families who've already gotten a week for Mather, I will say it that way because I'm talking to you. <laughs> um, are, is it likely that they're going to be able to go, or what's what's the plan for that? Again, I mean, I think you know we're we're working through that. I you know the the challenges. Um, uh, with a full summer at Mather right now are somewhat obvious, right? I mean, right now we're not allowed to leave our, not allowed to leave our homes. We're not allowed to gather. Um, and again, I don't think that there's necessarily going to be a, just an on switch, you know, where it's going to be, you know, where we're going to be able to have 200, 300 people in a mess hall, right? And, you know, uh, Tuolumne County shelter order is indefinite. And so, you know, which has impacted, you know, our ability to even you know, get camp going. So I think that's going to be another one where, you know, we're, we're still waiting for more guidance and, you know, we're, we're wishing for the best. But um, I think it's going to be going to be a challenging summer up there, too. As you saw, um, I put the question on Twitter, what people wanted to ask you about our San Francisco parks. There were a lot of questions, but I just picked a few. Um, sure. What one Twitter user um, said that homeless people in tents were moved out of a Bayview park when they were trying to shelter in place there, but then people are allowed to meet up for picnics and sunbathing in Dolores Park. He thought that was hypocritical. I was just wondering what your thoughts are. Well, again, again we're one city, um, you know, during this disaster, and there's one city response, and all of the care and shelter needs um, actually sort of emanate from the city's emergency operations center and the experts in and housing, I think you've been you've been following this too. And there's a lot of focus on on making sure um, that our unhoused population is safe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our job is to follow follow that guidance. And um, you know, we at one point had made a very large space, the uh, exploratorium space, available for um, uh, unhoused residents. And there was a decision that that kind of congregate housing, you know it wasn't consistent with emerging health guidance. So things keep moving and changing. All of our resources are, are, 
available during you know d- during the disaster. And you know, either we've got um, certain parts open for food as food distribution points. We've we have made shelter spaces available. Uh, we've got our emergency childcare, and you know, we're standing by. And if the city decides that it needs that the right the right course of action is for um, uh, to use parks for shelter, then of course we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is a question for you. I think it might be Muni, but I will ask you just in case. Can we keep the Great Highway closure permanent? Uh, probably is a qu- question for for Muni. That Great Highway has all kinds of issues, and it is a nice opportunity. Um, there are some some uh, unique reasons why that why that's closed right now because of all the sand that's on the Great Highway and some mm-hmm. of the erosion issues mm-hmm. that we're experiencing. Um, so, you know, in the and there is a, a long-term ocean beach uh, master plan that calls for more trails and more biking along the space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why do museums have such an outsized influence on in-park street usage? Well, I mean, the museums are, are a part of the parks ecosystem and not just the academy and the, the De Young, but the conservatory and the tea garden and the botanical and, and all of its attractions. And again, you know, with respect to... You know, traffic in the park, if that's what this question is aimed at, um, you know, access into the park and to its attractions is an issue. And frankly, it's not as important as safety or frankly, prioritizing the overall park experience, but it's an important, it's an, it's an important factor, right? We want people to be able to have access to the park and to our, our museums and our institutions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are, I, I believe that there really are a variety. There's no one strategy, um, but there are a variety of strategies that I think, you know, will, could improve the park experience, our park experience in the long term and, and reduce some of the vehicular traffic. And, um, you know, it's a mix of things. It's a mix of, you know, looking at circulation, looking at where people park, do park, looking at um, the creation of more car-free space. Um, there are all kinds of uh, opportunities, I think, to, um, you know, improve the park experience and, and uh, reduce some of the traffic that we now see. Okay. And now we'll um, move into the famous lightning round. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Where is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Where's my favorite place? Uh, uh, I would say La Fonda okay. on uh, Irving Street. Nice. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? My favorite movie filmed in San Francisco. Um, ding, 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 ding. Uh, <laughs> uh, ra- ra- I don't know. Pass. Okay. Where is your favorite place in the city <laughs> to get a stiff drink? Back when bars were open. Back when bars were open. <laughs> that was um, many, many months ago. It feels like it. <laughs> that's right. Um uh, there's a bar at 15th and Irving, uh, the taco shop is mm-hmm. a great place to get a good drink. Um, and then, uh, frankly, my, uh, my dining room. <laughs> what was your first concert? What was my first concert ever? Yeah. Growing up in, uh, Philadelphia, I went to a Prince concert. Oh, fun. That's a good one. What was the last book you read? Uh, the last book I read uh, was Michael Lewis's The Fifth Risk. Okay. My editor-in-chief, Audrey Cooper, wants to know whether you th- 
like the east end of Golden Gate Park or the west end better? She says there's only one right answer, but I don't know what that one right answer right. is. Right. And and <laughs> yeah, and that's like saying, do you like your younger child better or your older <laughs> child? But, um, I, uh, when I, uh, I live near the park and I run in the park very frequently. And when I enter the park uh, from the south side, mm-hmm. I more frequently turn left. Okay. And you can let Audrey figure out what that means. <laughs> you like the West End. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. What is your favorite park in San Francisco? That's again, uh, uh, what is your favorite child yeah. kind of question. Uh, there are amazing parks. Obviously, you know, given, uh, you know, where I raise my kids and my job, uh, you know, uh, Golden Gate Park is, as everyone's park on its 150th birthday probably gets the nod, but Mm -hmm. what is amazing about our city is there are truly amazing parks everywhere. I love Palega. Uh, I love Hilltop Park in the Bayview. Um, I love Mission Playground and I really love McLaren Park. So you're, and I really, really, really love the vision for India Basin. So we, uh, you know, we are blessed with great parks and you're not going to get me to pick <laughs> What is the first thing you're going to do when shelter in place rules are lifted? Uh, I'm going to go hug a friend. Oh, okay. Last question. What is something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? A run. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It was good to catch up. Thanks, Heather. I appreciate it. I'm going to work on my movie question. <laughs> the correct answer is so I married an axe murderer. Oh, I love that. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Okay. (laughs) All right. Take care. Thank you. Bill Ginsburg texted me after we recorded to let me know the movie he was trying to think of was Sweet November, starring Keanu Reeves. Scenes were filmed on Phil's street when he lived at 19th and Church, and you can see his former home in the movie. Thanks to Phil for joining me today, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and to you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.